in my household, I have my own jar of peanut butter and Jen and LJ share a jar <laughs> because... What is up, everybody? And welcome back to the Schooling Struggle Podcast. It is our belief that the only guarantee in life is that we are all going to struggle, and how we choose to embrace our struggles is what empowers us to become the best versions of ourselves. How's it going? My name is Pete, coming to you from flooded Vermont, and with me is my friend and co-host, Mr. Mighty Ellis. What's up, Todd? It's Mighty Fine. What's up, Peter? Are you still you, flooded? Uh, uh, so thank yeah, you. Yeah, floods, floods are um, de- decreasing, subsiding. Receding? Yeah, for. Yeah. Receding, yes. Yeah. It's really cool, all the love that I got from my friends and family that live outside of Vermont that were just checking in on me. It really made huh. me feel valued and loved. It was really, really cool. Like, but you're, um, not like in, you're not like in danger of... Uh, no. Yeah, okay. No, uh, many people in the state are, and their businesses are gone, and their schools are gone, and their houses are gone. A market and a restaurant that we would frequent in the summer, they're both gone. What? Like oh, gone, yeah. I'm going to have to yeah. check. Wow. Well, that's, yeah. that's unfortunate. I live actually two minutes from the Connecticut River, and um, that is the river that separates Vermont and New Hampshire. And my daughter and I have a, a tradition of going down there. Uh, we try to get down there once a week. It doesn't always happen, but we went down the there's an access road to it and that was close. That was a sign that it was probably a really cool time to go yeah. down there, right? So we parked next to the gate, we walked down the access road and we You're those just, people, the onlookers <laughs> of the flood. <laughs> we uh we walked amongst oh. the rubble that was left from, you know, what what's been received. The high point. It was yeah. like it was like a treasure hunt for my daughter with all the toys and all the different stuff that just got swept into the river. But the crazy wow. thing is is thirteen miles up the river. In White River Junction, they're building a new bridge, and they were just starting the project, and they were laying the groundwork for the footings for the bridge, yeah. and the stuff that they, they kind of made like a makeshift bridge to to start pouring the footings, and that whole project just literally went completely underwater. It was like I don't oh. know, fifteen or twenty feet underwater, and giant sections of the the makeshift bridge that they made just washed up ashore in my neighborhood. So my wow. daughter was walking along these like. 25 foot long pieces of the bridge that were still intact like the railing was still intact the 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 river just picked them up and they just floated 13 miles down the yeah. river and then they just like over like waterfalls and stuff giant giant pieces of this bridge and i took some wow. photos of my daughter just kind of playing yeah. on them yesterday it was wild that is wild, wild. that's like yeah. that could be well depending how you look at it well it's it's been once in your lifetime event right like this never you don't remember this ever happening before it has happened twice um oh about 12 years ago um, my wife and i were in vietnam the year that it happened with hurricane irene and that was actually a little more devastating as far as impact than this but um some people argue not in certain sections this has been worse so but that was an yeah. actual hurricane not just torrential rain right correct yeah is this correct. brought on brought on by a storm or is it just uh this is no this is just like constant rain. Wow. So this this was more rain over a longer period of time, whereas Irene was a little less as, yeah. as far as sheer inches, but just a shorter amount of time. Interesting. Yeah. But what happened with Irene, from what I understand, was that somewhere upstream, someone was storing a ton of propane tanks, and they all just got picked up, and they were just rolling down the rivers and just crushing all these bridges. Oh yeah, <laughs> they were floating down. I guess they were secured this time. There wasn't yeah. any propane tanks floating well, down the rivers. Just like the uh, the Corps of Engineers, there they're going to be like, maybe our bridges should be a little <laughs> bolstered a little more heavily. Yeah, well, next you know, time. some of the bridges around here. I mean, they're iconic and they're you know hundreds of years old. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Huh. awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, not so awesome, I got but thank that you. going on. And uh, I think we talked about last August about my my bee sting 
uh, reaction ended up in yep. the ER. So I'm on uh, B sync therapy. I've been doing that. What I is had a little bit of a therapy? reaction to the to the to the venom that they gave me the other day, and they told me I was taking extra antihistamine tonight. And by accident, I didn't read the bottle, and I took <laughs> Benadryl, which is fine for what I need, uh, but it's going to make me really out. tired really quick. So we got to get the <laughs> show on the go. road with this show. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Faux show. <laughs> um, I, so I've been planning for this episode for about three weeks now. I'm super excited about this episode. I've been crushing Todd with texts and emails in preparation for the show. I asked him to do homework and he did, which I'm really thrilled about. Uh, the devout listeners to the show know that we do uh, every now and again, we do a show called the five by five, which is five questions. And we have five minutes to discuss each question. This is a rapid fire version of the, of that. I call this the 10 by two. So 10 questions. We each have a minute to respond. Um, there is no timer on this. So give or take, <laughs> right? You know, the episodes, you know, just over Maybe 30 the longest episode ever. <laughs> yeah, right. we'll see. So we got, we got to keep it quick. But yeah, 10 questions. I love this show to be tactical. And I think the listeners are going to be able to walk away from the show. At least having us as models is some things that may be working for us that they could implement or try in their lives if they so choose. Or if they just want to laugh at us and tell us we're silly, that's fine too. Okay. So yeah. Let's go. I'll read all the questions and then we're going to alternate who goes first. Okay. I'm going to let you choose if you want to go first with number one or number two. Uh, You're going to go first. Number one, what is a daily habit or habits to which you are committed that you feel enhances your life. So mine is my pre-bedtime routine. And my pre-bedtime routine completely hinges on, I've learned the quality of my book. So I have, if I have a really good book that I'm into, my bedtime routine, pre-bedtime routine is completely on point. And I just, I land the plane and I have a great night of sleep. If I'm not into a good book, then I avoid my my bedtime routine and I'll like go down a YouTube rabbit hole or text with my buddies or something. And it really disrupts my landing of the plane. Therefore, my my sleep really suffers. And my pre-bedtime routine is uh, after LJ goes to bed, I do the dishes and then I try to, and don't always get this, but I, I try to do some sort of stretch. And if I don't stretch, then I'll take a hot bath. Then I'll take my melatonin pill. Then I'll brush my teeth and then I'll write in my journal. And my journal is something from the day from LJ's life. And uh, I know I've talked about that in past episodes. And then I will read myself to sleep. And right before I put my book down, I'll just put a podcast on it that will really just kind of put me out. And when I follow my routine, and I probably do a six out of seven days, it is magical with how it helps me sleep. And then we've talked mm. about the benefits of sleep. So nice. I'm a huge believer in the pre-bedtime routine. You got to land the plane to have a really efficient night of sleep. So that's the reason why you keep doing it is for the sleep factor. Correct. Thank you. Uh, Mine is obviously completely flip-flop of yours, except for underpinning it is the sleep as well. So every morning I wake up, most mornings, I won't say every morning, but most mornings um, I go. No, I think to, you do wake up every morning. No, I definitely wake up every morning <laughs> unless I didn't sleep. And then that's a different situation. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't wake up. I'll be so pissed. I'm not going to talk to anybody. I mean, yeah, well, it does happen. Uh, so Sorry. I will um, go sit in my hot tub and then um, there I do meditation. And then from there I come in and now I've added, uh, thanks to Dr. Bill Slamon, um, three page journaling, which is fantastic. We can talk about that later. Um, from there I go to cross. It. And then when I return from CrossFit, I do yoga for 45 minutes, well, 30 to 45 minutes. And if I don't do those things in a day, um, 
and with the other things that I've added po- post that now, I'm doing some schooling and stuff like that. I can definitely tell a difference between uh, how I function at those things and how quickly my irritation level may or may not go up, depending on if I've done it or not. And then um, at night, be- I, I feel like it's because of this, but um, I definitely uh, I definitely stick to this better if I sleep well, and I definitely sleep well if I stick to this. So I don't know if those two things are joined, but um, but yeah, that's my that's that's my answer to that uh, daily habits. That's awesome. Number two. Um, this is the second episode that you've referred to your classes, and I want to talk about that in a future episode, but just for listeners, um, in the last couple of months, Todd has been laid off from his career job, and he's now taking classes to move forward with some really cool stuff that he's interested in, Yeah. but I want to dive deeper into that in a future episode. So when he refers cool. to his classes, that's what he's up to. Stick a pin so in it. So I, I practiced this, uh, these 10 questions with both my wife and my daughter. <laughs> Surprise. Which is awesome. And Jen said, <laughs> right. hey, are you going to ask Todd this question? For these habits, are they the same on the weekday and the weekend? Do you do them seven days a week or is there days that you purposely deviate from that? Yeah, I do it every day if I can. So do if you I deviate. fit seven days a week? Oh, no, not not that, right? So I do okay. uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday's rest day, Friday, and then sometimes Saturday or else I'll go running. So typically okay. six days a week I'm doing something. Or I guess I would make it five days a week, but um, yeah, but CrossFit's not every day. Good, good, good point. But I try to yoga every day if I can. So yeah, when I say six out of seven days, uh, there's usually a night on the weekend that I fall off the train. And uh, yeah, yeah. So yep. All right. Good question. Number two. Good question, Jen. Nice work. <laughs> Number two. Let's go. Number two. My turn. The the book that has most positively influenced your life. Ooh. Um, can we break it into fiction, nonfiction? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have two answers. So, The Dark Tower uh, by uh, Stephen King, the entire trilogy—no, trilogy—the entire series. I think there's seven in the book, seven in the series. Um, changed the way that I, it changed the way that I got back into reading. Like I'd never been, I'd never got into a story that was so enthralling that I couldn't not wait for the next book. So I just ripped right through them, which I think was part of why I liked it so much. But um, yeah, Dark Tower by Stephen King. And um, Mindfulness, I can't remember the entire name, but something about um, easing your mind in a frantic world. It's the same book that I got you. That book has um, obviously laid the, the framework and the bricks for everything that I've built on top of Buddhism and, and mindfulness and all, all things spiritual from there on out. So um, that's been the most profound as in, in as far as, insofar as... Um, like my personal life, I guess, is the best way mm-hmm. to put that. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I found for this one, it's hard for me not to have some recency bias. I think oftentimes <laughs> the, the the later that I've read the book, the more I feel it has influence on me now. But uh, two big ones are uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I love that one. And then my recency bias would be Atomic Habits. Um, yeah. Both of those books, I think, were, were fantastic. I really do love Atomic Habits. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right, next, next question. A podcast that you find interesting and enjoyable. So I'm a complete CrossFit games nerd, and I have like three or four that could do a super nerd out on that stuff. But I think the average listener probably wouldn't be interested in any of those. So what I decided to share was uh, Chasing Excellence by Ben Bergeron, which started out as a fitness podcast, and it's still fitness, but uh, also very mindset-based. And there's another one by a nutritionist who I think the world of, and her name is E.C. Sinkowski, and the name of the podcast is the consistency project. Mm-hmm. And it really boils down some really complex nutritional concepts into really layman's terms that I can understand. And uh, I think it's a fabulous podcast for anyone who's interested in learning about the nuances of nutrition and how to fuel one's body. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. For me, <laughs> I the strange part is when we started talking, 
today, me and Peter, I said this number three is going to be a sticking point for me because I don't typically listen to podcasts, um, except for this one when I'm going back through and writing show notes and listening to it for my own enjoyment. But um, that's a shameless plug and I can't borrow that. So uh, actually, I forgot about Impact the Impact Theory podcast with Tom Bilyeu. So I grew up with Tom Bilyeu and that's probably been um, in a couple different stories, but it, it's it's a very... Um, tactile it's like here's a here's a topic he interviews people of you know great um significance i guess you could say culturally to some people and what comes out of it is he distills it down into something that you can use to make your life better and i haven't listened to it in a, in a long time but when i was listening to it like i was definitely drinking the kool-aid for both those reasons because i know who he is and then i know what he's about but um anytime you go back to the impact theory podcast you can definitely pick up something for yourself to learn so hmm. two-part answer i feel like a a genius is someone who can like understand really complex concepts and then like a super genius yeah. can take that and boil it down in layman's terms for people like me and make it understandable and usable for digestible for people yeah. like me. Yeah. It's always just interesting. Like and every time I listen to it, it just seems to be like something that I've always been like, I wonder how <laughs> and then it's like, oh, that's fantastic. So yeah. All right. You are evens. So we are on number four. Here I go. Number four. A kind act that someone has performed toward you within the past twenty four hours. Ah, uh, this one was this one was interesting because I don't know if it was act of kindness directly, but uh, in um, I don't think it was intentionally act of kindness. Last night, um, Jocelyn, when I came home from, I was across the state and I and I came back uh, at like six thirty, and Jocelyn's mom, her name's Renee. She's like, oh, my mom's coming over for dinner. She'll be here by the time you get home. And so I got home and shortly thereafter, she came She came over and she shared like a whole host of stories about her adventure to the Midwest that it was just, we laughed so hard. And I was just like, I never get to laugh with this lady like this. And it was just, it was a culmination of sad stories and happy stories and like occurrences that happened to her. And I thought, what a, what a random, uh, I, just, I don't know if it's an act of kindness, but but I felt like genuinely moved by the fact that she was here and like I got to spend time with her. So that was that was my random act of kindness. That human connection thing. I think yeah. there's something there. It was really cool. I wasn't expecting it, and then there she was, and she's just full yeah. full of life. And I was like, oh, awesome. So yeah, it's cool. <laughs> How about you? Um, mine's mine's gonna be very difficult to say in a minute or less, but I'm gonna I'll give it a shot. Um, I got a phone call or text from my brother that said, Hey, I want to have a business meeting with you. Uh, can we carve out an hour to chat? And I was like, yep. So we did that. So I'm going to back up and just give a little background. My brother was a, mu a, a traveling musician in a band for 10 years and then took what he learned in that, that world and started creating fitness music. And he has done incredibly well for himself with uh, his level of creativity and his knowledge about all things digital marketing and media and music creation and photography awesome. and website design, all these things. He just, he, he's really an amazing individual. He can do whatever he wants at this point. And he said, Hey, I remember this idea that you had over 10 years ago and I'm ready to implement. <laughs> and to be honest, he could implement this thing without me and just crush it. He said, but since it was your idea, I want to give you the the freedom to kind of run this project and to partner with me on this project and to give all your thoughts about this. Um, I, re I really am curious to know what you want to do with this. And I think that if I were to do it and he were to do it, he would do it way better. <laughs> um, so he doesn't need me, but he asked me to be a part of this, which is a really big deal for me. Yeah. So I'm really excited to uh, launch. I'm not going to speak much about what the project is because uh, I don't want to spill any beans yet, but there's some some really cool stuff that he's working on in his, in his business. And to ask me to be a part of it 
um, was a really, really big deal for me. And nice work. part of it might've just been charity and part of it maybe thinks he can <laughs> benefit from my, my presence and that I actually can add value. But either way, I thought the fact that he gave me the chance to kind of opt out because he's going to move forward with this idea that I had, he let me make that decision. I thought that was wow. really kind of him. Wow. Check that yeah. imposter on your shoulder, huh? Tell really him to get cool. out of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So number five. That's an odd. So I'm odd and more. You're more odd, all right. <laughs> you can't have been any truer on that one. <laughs> what is an underrated movie that you would recommend to someone who has similar interests as you? I love documentaries and I am not a movie buff outside of documentaries by any means. I could probably name like four actors and actresses on my, that's it. Whenever people quote movies, I'm just completely in the dark, except for like two movies. And my movies that I think that are underrated, that at least from, from my world that I think a lot of people haven't talked about is the Tony Hawk documentary on HBO. Whether you're a skateboard fan or not, just this is a really, really great case study into the human psyche. It's a really fascinating documentary, in my opinion. I also grew up as a skateboarder in the late 80s and 90s, so I had a little bit more of a connection to it than, than some others might. But the dude's 50 years old, and he, what he's doing on a skateboard today is just incredible. It's, 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 it blows my mind. And then another one just for fun, um, for poops and giggles is a documentary on Netflix called class action park. And it's about a water park in the nineties. That was just like off the cuff unsafe. And this thing existed all these, they did like, um, interviews with people who used to work there and just how what it was just a crazy party and all the injuries and all the stuff that was happening with this water park back in the nineties. And it was just wow. like, like I think for any kid today to watch it be like that actually happened. And then for me to be growing up in the nineties, like I really connected with that one too. I was like, Holy crap. I went to water parks that allowed people to do this stuff. I went <laughs> to water parks where people got hurt that same way. It was just yeah. a really, really fun watch for me. So like nothing deep euphoric or meaningful, but just a really fun watch class action park. On Netflix, huh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell. How do you find these shows? Uh, I have friends that know that I that I love documentaries, and they're like, "Oh, oh have you heard about this documentary?" Uh, so, I got you. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. But do you, so, do you call documentaries a movie? Is that is that right? Yeah, I do. Is that where you go? With I that? Do. Okay, okay. So they're not like a series. Well, they might be, but well, they are. Yeah, on Netflix, they are now. You can get like okay. eight, ten, twelve, okay. like episode documentaries. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so I was putting my mind in a different different space there um i don't know like i watch movies and i watch i don't watch many documentaries yet but um of the movies that i find interesting it's usually like especially if they're underrated it's it, a lot of times it's things from our past where i'm just like the kids will be watching it like no way and i was like yeah that's a pretty cool movie but i totally forgot about it the one that i watched recently it's not a good movie but of the wraith i don't know if you ever watched that was like that from the early I don't even know, late, late eighties. It had like, I don't even know. You have to go check it out. It's the Wraith. Um, but I, one that came to mind immediately when I saw the question was uh, lucky number Slevin. So I really like movies that you don't know what's going to happen till the end. And then at the end you're like, Oh, I didn't see that coming. So yeah. lucky number Slevin's a good one. And I talk about it, but I don't want to, uh, I don't want to spoil it. So yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't realize the end watch many documentaries. So write these two down too. These two are yeah. amazing. These I have got, a little I more, wrote them down. Yeah. These have a little more critical claim than two I just named, but uh, oh. Blackfish mm -hmm. is about uh, the orca whales in the SeaWorld industry, okay. which is pretty crazy. And then another okay. one that I loved is called uh, A Man on a Wire. And it's about the guy who tight roped the Twin Towers, like back in the, when were the Twin Towers built? Whenever the Twin Towers were being built, I don't remember the decade, uh, okay. he snuck up there and like had this whole elaborate plan and he wanted to be the, he wanted to hang, hang a rope between the two buildings and he did. And it, he would be the only guy that, he's probably the only one that did it, right? So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Crazy. Thank you. 
Yeah. All right. Are you getting tired Number yet? Six. <laughs> <laughs> Never when I'm talking to uh, you. Oh, yeah, nice. All right, so you're, you're even, so this is you. Yep. Do you invest money? If so, what is your investment approach or strategy? Oh, I do invest money. Um, historically, my investment, uh, my strategy has been uh, highly aggressive. So I just find things that I like <laughs> or that I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Or even if I like the, like, if even the company name will, will, have, will hold something for me and I'll just invest in it blindly. So I've done pretty well, actually, on, on investments of that type. But um now that now that I've been laid off, like I'm pulling back a little bit from being so aggressive. But um, interestingly enough, we were, I think we were talking about this the other day. Um, most of my investments now are going into technology derivatives, so like AI and stuff like that, things that are just making money. And I, I I'm kind of like I'm kind of in the middle about how I feel about that because I don't really like what we're building, but at the same time, I'm going to need wealth in the end for <laughs> the end game of my life, probably. So. Um, yeah, but that's that's where I stick my money, and that's how I do it. So, is the the large majority of your investments in stocks? Uh, y- yeah, um, yep, the largest amount. Yeah, yeah, yep, um, yep. I invest money too. Jen and I are pretty deliberate about um, that kind of stuff. You know, currently, at least fifteen percent of our income goes toward that. So that that's nice. kind of an important number for us to hit. We have each have a four hundred three b, which is a equivalent to a 401k just for government workers. So we have a 403b and then we each have a Roth IRA and I just have a real uh, buy and hold strategy, uh, high quality funds. So like a lot of the funds I'm in have like over 9,000 stocks in them. Many of mine are more on the aggressive side, Jen, not as much. It's just her personality. And I'm big on buy and hold. Less than 2% of my money is on single company stocks. Um, yeah, just a lot of uh, funds. Doug Anton, who's been on the show twice now, opened my eyes to world funds. I was just investing mostly in the US and now I'm getting into some world funds too. Wow, nice. But just buy and hold. I don't really sell much, hoping that you know the historical 10 to 11% gains will pay off for Jen and I down the road. Yeah. Yeah. And I just opened up a 529 for my daughter. It's a um, nice college work. savings thing. For people out there that have kids that might be going into college, I I'm not an investment guru by any means, but I learned that any money in the kid's name goes against them for tuition or financial aid. So you're actually better off to put it in your own Roth and then give it to your kids when they need it versus putting a ton of money in their name, like in a custodial account, because that's the money they go after first when you're looking yeah. for financial financial need. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I recently had to cap off my... Um I didn't. I didn't historically hit all the all the contribution caps when I was working, and now that I didn't to off, offset the taxes, I've just dumped cash into my retirement and my Roth. And one thing that I've done there, because I know, well, not because I know, but because the um, the CD rates are so good right now, I've, I just bought a whole boatload of CDs, which is really one year CDs. So yep. I've, I haven't done that before, but that's that's another way that I've expanded recently. That I did the, the savings account. The savings accounts, because we keep an emergency fund. I mean, forever, that's been below 1%. That's at 4% now, so that's yeah. nice, too. Yeah. But yep. A lot of people are predicting that uh, if we go into recession, that's going to drop way off. Yeah, for sure. So, all right. Number seven. Number seven. I'm odd. So what is your number one quick go-to snack or meal? I have a bunch. I'm going to rattle them off real quick. I'd say my favorite, and this is kind of when I really want to indulge, uh, in my household, I have my own jar of peanut butter and Jen and LJ share a jar <laughs> because I like to take a handful of blueberries and, and a handful of almonds and throw them in the peanut butter jar and then eat them until the 
till the berries and the almonds are gone. And then I'll cap the peanut butter and put it back in the fridge. I like my peanut butter cold. Another one that is super simple is you get a, a ramekin. If you don't know what a ramekin is, it's like a really small dish. Think of like um, something you could put like a ping pong ball in. A little glass dish you could buy at Walmart for a dollar. And I just crack an egg in there, scramble it, put a little cheese on top, put it in the microwave for 29 seconds. Sometimes it'll pop and make a micro mess in the microwave at 30 seconds. So keep it at 29. And um, that's an amazing snack. Put a little salt and pepper on there if you really want to go crazy. So that's super quick. Sometimes I'll do that. And then while it's in the microwave, I'll make a second one and a second ramekin. So when that one comes out, I'll pop the other one in, eat, eat the first one for 30 seconds, 30 seconds later, the second one comes out, eat that one, I'm good to go. <laughs> so that's like less than two minutes, two eggs with cheese. Um, another one that I love is a bowl with cottage cheese, some fruit, and uh, I, I buy a chia hemp mix um, just with some some uh, seeds in there to get a little protein in there too. So that's, that's really nice. And then I don't know the brand name, but um, if you go to where they sell – like the chicken sausages at the grocery store, at least in my grocery store, it's the shelf above them. They sell chicken meatballs and they're like in a green container, a green package, and they have a ginger teriyaki chicken meatball that is friggin' to die for. And you can put three of those on a plate, put them in the microwave for 26 seconds, and they are so good. They're like, they're so good. So those are my protein it. snacks. Wow. How's it? Uh, <laughs> and then, and then I, uh, my, my, the one that I have all the time, I just have for breakfast every morning, is just two eggs fried. Um, and then I throw the three meatballs in the pan, flip it over, pull it out, put it on the plate, and then put a handful of spinach on top of that. And then I just eat that. And that's amazing. Wow. You're so, ta- you're so tactical. 29 seconds, 26 seconds. Because sometimes at 30, that thing well, I've experimented up. with it to see what's the perfect uh, yeah, number. Yeah, yeah, I bet yeah. you have. I was wondering, though, how many watts is your microwave? Because <laughs> those actually differ. I have no clue. So somebody might know. go, oh, I got a 1500-watt microwave. <laughs> if it missed your 750, I'm blowing up in 15 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, yeah. It's good. yeah. I've ended yeah. up with egg all over the microwave many yeah, times. Yeah. yeah, that's a yeah. disaster. Um, favorite, go- oh, what is it? Uh, number one quick go-to snack meal or snack. So um, I don't really have a number. Like, por- I eat a lot of pork rinds. I eat a lot of high-fat foods. So pork rinds are delicious. I just love pork rinds because you just open the bag and go, go to town. I also do a chia and a hemp with um, almond milk. Uh, like a porridge, like I just boil it all together, kind of like cream of wheat or uh, okay. I can't think of anything else that's like that. But um, and then I put blueberry, blueberry, frozen blueberries in it at the very end, so they just get it warm enough to, and that's delicious. Um, apples and almond butter, that's always a fantastic one of mine. And if I had to think about the favorite, I would say frozen blueberries and coconut milk. If you put coconut milk or just straight coconut milk from the can, like the the fat coconut milk yeah. on frozen strawberries, it will coat the strawberries and like in like a coconut. I don't even like a frozen coconut husk, and they are so delicious. If you like cold food, it's probably the best thing I've ever eaten in my entire life. But. So, you, so you take a bowl, put the blueberries in, pour the coconut milk. Is the coconut milk at room temperature? It doesn't matter. Yeah, you store it I mean, in the cabinet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So then you you pour the whole can, or just a little bit of it over. I mean, it depends how much fat you need for the day, but I just okay. I just go till it's like cereal, like if like it covers okay, yep. the it covers them, and then you stir them up, and it just coats each one perfectly. They're delicious. It's just oh, delicious. Okay. Yeah. And then sorry, I'm going to get into some nitty gritty here. Yeah. Yeah. The, go. Uh, Peanut butter and almonds. I love that too. Do you use um, an apple? I'm uh, sorry, not peanut butter and almonds. Apple almonds. and almond butter. Yep, apple and yep. almond butter. Do you use one of those like um, apple slicers that cuts into yeah. like eight slices? The, the push down guy. Core? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. And I actually eat the core too because I love oh, the, I, I love the yeah. taste of uh, apple seeds, but they're not good for you because they have a lot of they have high arsenic value. But I like them, so whatever. So then, do you take a knife and just put like a slab on each slice, a slab of almond butter on each slice of the wow. apple? 
if I'm being honest, I just open the quart jar and just dip to my heart's dip content. It in. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And sometimes I'll dip it in, uh, like I'll take the apple. If I don't want to eat as much fat, I'll take the apple and I'll just dip it in chia seeds so it coats the apple and then just put yep. a little bit of, of almond butter on that. Depends on nice. where I'm at, but yeah. And then can you walk me through the the hemp porridge real quick? How to make yeah, that? Yeah. So it's, it's eight ounces of... Um, Costco unsweetened almond milk, not the not the vanilla, but just the standard. And then I do three tablespoons of chia, three tablespoons of hemp, and then I don't know however many blueberries you want. But you just you just bring that you bring the hemp and the chia and the almond milk to a boil, just a real quick boil, then let it simmer till it till the chia starts to expand, and then take it off of there, and it just slides right out. And then you just put in any blueberries. And sometimes I put um, I crush walnuts and put in there too if I need extra fat, but it's huh. pretty tasty. Yeah. And are you? keto like most of the time yep most of the time yep yep what's the saying i'm uh 100 percent vegetarian 80 percent of the time yeah right yeah. Yeah. but i don't have a hot dog on my, a hot dog tattoo on my forearm so <laughs> all right number eight you Here I are go. evens uh-huh. number eight is what is your favorite oh. go-to workout annie crossfit workout annie which is uh 50 40 30 20 10 ab mats and double unders Right, so That's you do favorite. 50 sit-ups with an ab mat and then 50 double-unders. That's yep. when you jump and the rope goes under your feet twice in one jump. Correct. And you do 40 of each, 30 of each, 20 of each, 10 of each. That's it. That's great. That's my good. Uh, I have a couple and a lot of it depends on the time of year for me. So if I'm trying to bulk, uh, it's different. But uh, 111 burpees for time. I really Ooh, like that one. Nice That's one. a classic one. Uh, anything Tabata. Obviously, I use my brother's music for all of it. But like anything Tabata, just eight sets of squats. What's your favorite all, Tabata movement? All, alternate like two movements um i really like um box step ups and planks just mis- mixing Ooh. those two that's that's nice um jumping squats are great and jumping <laughs> lunges are brutal so <laughs> i'll smoke yeah, you every day yeah. if you can yeah. get through eight rounds of unbroke without taking a break 20 seconds on 10 seconds off yeah. of jumping lunges you're you're good and then yeah. as far as crossfit workouts <laughs> uh jackie is my probably my favorite go-to and that's uh, a 1000 meter row followed by 50 thrusters with a 45 pound bar you can google Ooh. what a thruster is Gross. and followed by 30 yeah. 30 pull-ups 30 yeah. Pull-ups. yeah so row thrusters pull-ups jackie nice Good. and my brother right now is really into uh, 100 calories for time on the echo bike Ooh, that's just a good one. pr today he did 456 today so sub five minute, hundred cows on the echo oh, bike. I'm gonna try that in the morning. <laughs> I like the echo bike. Everybody's like, "Oh, why would you choose that?" I was like, "Oh, I love the echo bike. It's not forgiving because like the assault, yeah. you let it go and it'll just keep clocking." I'm like, yeah. "No, we don't. We don't need a freebie." Yeah. yeah, that's good. Cool. Uh, number All nine. Right. That's me. What is the worst piece of advice someone has ever given you? So uh, after dating Jen for a year, she was wondering if I was interested in the long haul. And at that point in my life, I still didn't know. And I was asking a lot of people what they thought about you know, marriage and asking people of all different experiences with relationships, what their perspective on it. So I asked people that were divorced, people that were happily married, people that were miserably married, people that had been divorced several times, people that had never been married, just kind of picking people's brains. And a lot of people said, oh, you'll know when you want to get married because when you know, you know. And that just didn't work for me because I didn't think I'd ever like truly like no like I don't know it's that that was just that was that was not helpful for me. All the people just said if you know you know, and I I think if I had listened to that I probably would not have married Jen. Um, and that was the best decision of my life. Like we just have a, an awesome marriage. I'm super psyched that she's my lifetime partner. Um, so that was just really nebulous for me and like not helpful. People just said, well, when you know you know, and I was like, hmm. well, I don't know. And then I, I know I've shared this in the past. Uh, I was talking to a UPS guy and he said, I knew I wanted to marry my wife when I realized that 
20 years from now, if the physical attraction is gone and all these other things, these the excitement and the emotion and the newness of it is gone, I still want to have dinner with her. I still want to have dinner with her and look across the table and have a great conversation with her. And mm-hmm. I was like, I do want that from Jen. So that was very helpful advice. Interesting. Maybe it's just that you didn't know what you did, what, what you, well, let me back that up. When you know, you know, right? Like he knew it was dinner, but you were like, I don't know. Like what, 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 what one aspect would be the thing that I would know, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I don't know what he knows or what you don't know, but um, <laughs> the worst piece of advice someone has ever given me, uh, it's cliche these days, but um, it's along the lines of fake it till you make it. I think that's complete nonsense. Like if you're going to spend your time faking something till you feel like you've made it, how much time have you waste faking it? <laughs> like, it seems like you could just be real and not make it and be okay and okay with that as opposed to I'm just going to be a faker and then maybe I made it. I don't even know because you're just faking. So I hate it when I hear people say that. I just you know, I feel like that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. So. That's funny because I feel like that's, that's the story of my teaching career. Like Fake I, it till you make it. Teacher. Yeah, I've just been pulling the wool over people's eyes for 18 years I've now. ever met. That's crazy. Yeah, I just don't feel it. Yeah, that's wild. Huh. I don't yeah, know. I feel like I yeah shake it. I don't know if I'll ever make it. Wow. But in your eyes, I made it, so that's good. I feel like you're a good teacher. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. All right, number 10. Mm-hmm. In the last five years, what belief or behavior has most improved or positively shaped your life? Mm. This one is the most challenging for me uh, to narrow down and to answer, and it was for my wife when I ran through the 10 questions with her as well. I think... Um, I don't know if it's been in the last five, but I feel like I've gotten, I've, I've sharpened the pencil substantially in the last five years on this point is um, that given a, a long enough timeline and enough intent, you can do legitimately anything you want to do. And I think that if you, if you format your behaviors in a way that aligns with your values and the long-term intent of what you hope to achieve, there's nothing that can stop that ambition. And I feel like every step you get closer to that, it will positively shape everything in, in your life and in proximity to you, no matter what you do. That's my answer. Yeah, I struggle with that. Uh, I think that's that's awesome mindset-wise, but physically, just because of how our body oh. um, breaks down as we get older, like there's there's things that we we literally can't do because sure. of certain timelines or genetic predispositions. Sure. Yeah. Your your mind goes to the physical aspect. Is that it? Does like okay? Interesting. I, like, if I decided at age twenty that I wanted to play in the NBA, like that's just never going to happen. Mm. it's just not but i don't think that the physical stuff is a really important stuff in life so when you're talking about being able to do anything you want to do well let's back that up well why would you want to be in the nba oh because it makes me feel this way well why do you want to feel this way oh because of this all right so that's the thing it's yeah, not yeah. going to the nba that your goal is it's you want you're to chase feel a certain a way yeah right. how can you chase that so mindset wise absolutely and i think that supersedes any of the physical stuff like the action yeah yeah sometimes yeah yeah, like yeah, I have a lifetime goal that I want to run a marathon. All right, well, why do you want to run a marathon? Is there other ways you can experience that fulfillment or purpose through doing something else yeah. that your body Makes can sense. do? Yeah. Makes sense. So your answer would be? Mine is really coming to an understanding about what it is that I have a control over and what I don't, and really working hard to let the stuff that I don't have control over slide off my back and really putting my time and attention and energy into what it is that I do have control over. Hmm. And I've come so far. I used to worry so much about what people thought about me and and how I impact their lives and these things. And I tell my daughter every day, her job is to work hard and treat people well. And if I do those two things every day and I lay my head at night and, and reflect back on my day and I really have been successful with those two things, however I want to define success and, and with those metrics, I've 
been the person that I want to be that day. And I think I, I was not able to do that five years ago. And I still have a long way to go. But here's a good example. We have a really good friend who has a kid that's the same age as LJ. And the other day we found out that we were, we were with this family early in the morning. We found out that later in the day, our friend was having a birthday party for his kid who's in LJ's class. And Jen was like, do you, did you get an email about the invite to this? And I was like, no, I don't remember getting any, an email about the invite to this. And he's always invited us to the birthday parties of his family. And Jen's like, oh, I didn't get an email. And then Jen started to get worried. She's like, well, do you think maybe we offended him? Maybe we did something wrong? Maybe, you know, why wouldn't he invite us? And I, and I just said, as far as I'm concerned, I'm in good standing with that family. I've treated them well and they've treated me well. And if they didn't invite us, there's a reason for it. And I'm completely at peace with that. It didn't eat me up even for one second. Yeah. And come to find out, he just, he said, I sent the email to both of you. So either it went both to our junk mailboxes or um, he didn't send it to the right place or we got it and never saw it, whatever, whatever the reason was, hmm. we didn't get it. And, but, but I didn't lose any, not even for a split second that I get uncomfortable. Whereas five years ago, I would have been like, holy crap. What did I do? I'd spend hours and hours like ruminating on like all the really? interactions with that family. Yeah. Wow. And now I'm just like, oh, like. Good for you. I'm working hard and treat people well. And um, that's comforting. Yeah. Yeah. What a relief. Man. Super. It's so oh, liberating. It's that is so, so liberating. awesome. I couldn't yeah. imagine what that weight of lift, lifted weight would feel like. Like, Yeah. There was two, two colleagues that I had in my former school that I was always worried about. What I was going to say or what I was going to do was going to offend them or hurt their feelings. Wow. And then I realized that everything everybody did seemed to do that with them. So I just had to let that go and be okay huh. with who I am. Yeah. yeah. Nice so work, that's Peter. a big one. And then the other one, and I've shared this in past episodes, is I'm really coming around to the fact that how anybody interacts with me is more a reflection of their life experiences leading up to that interaction than what I did wrong or, you know. Wow. Whatever. So yeah. I used to like, my feathers would really get ruffled. If it was someone that I didn't know and they were rude to me, I'd feel like, oh, well, I got to get them back by being just as rude, you know? What? And now I'm just like, yeah, like that person uh, is having a tough day or that person has some stuff they're working on and I'm, I'm cool with it. Like, it's all right. And it's, yeah, it's liberating. Wow. When did we first meet? How long has it, how long has that been? 2017. So not very long after you had that realization. You said five years, right? Because you didn't strike me as oh, anybody. Todd, that. Todd like, I remember... That feeling so uncomfortable with like some of the texts you'd said me like oh my gosh did i hurt his feelings like did, really? did i say something oh wicked wicked wow wow yeah, yeah. and you it wasn't until we because because our interactions were primarily just digital like yeah. texts or emails yeah, yeah. we talked on the phone once you came and visited came out and visited and then after that it was just all texts yeah and like yeah. you'd like i send you a quote and you might question it and i was like i love that now but but then i was like holy crap like Wow, uh, I definitely said or did something wrong with this guy. That's so and, crazy because I'm because yeah. like from my perspective, and this is what's so cool about people different different people's perspectives. From my perspective, it was always like I can't wait to send this to Peter to see what he's going to throw back because it's going to be so different than what I what any of my other interactions would be. So like that is so crazy to hear you say that because I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, wow, that's wild. Yeah, oh, great work. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine what that's that's nuts. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So I've, I've come, it's, it's, it's very liberating. And, um, what's your wife say about that? Um, if you feel like sharing, if you don't, that's what yeah. Yeah. No, she's like, we're, we're working on this stuff together. Like mm -hmm. we talk about these things together. Like, and I just shared that with her and she's like, yeah, you're right. She's like, yeah, that's all right. And wow. then it turned out it was just communication and yeah, it's right. like, oh yeah, I'd love to see <laughs> it you guys. turned out it was really easy. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> yeah. Right. Nice all work. Right. Uh, one bonus question to finish out. Bonus. Kind of, I thought it'd be fun to just That's finish on this one. That's going to be a new bonus. <laughs> <laughs> what is a day in the calendar year that you find yourself really looking forward to? 
It's yours. Either, either of us can go first because it's oh, the Oh, I mean, we can rock, paper, scissors. I went out the last one. You go this one. Uh, I really love July 4th, and it's because it's the only time of the year that I see a big bulk of my family. When I moved up here to Vermont, and a lot of them moved south to Connecticut, I just don't see them often. So we all get together, classic, small town, United States. Awesome. Hometown USA, parade, fireworks, the the whole, like, the kids decorate their bikes in red, white, and blue and ride them in the parade, oh, and they throw out candy with the fire trucks, and I get together with everyone and see friends, uh, see family. It's a, it's a great, great day in my year. Independence Day. Nice. Would it be the same if it wasn't the 4th of July? Like, if it was the- Yeah, <laughs> it would be the same. The yeah. 3rd of August would be just as, just as well. If if those things happen, it's yeah, not even yeah. the parade and the fireworks. It's just like that's when everybody congregates yeah, in my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah, we'll be there on the fourth of July. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I don't. Uh, my answer is a lot more selfish than that. It would actually be my birthday because historically, uh, I do whatever I want on my birthday, regardless of the repercussions. So I've lost jobs because I take my birthday off. <laughs> People are like, and I just met somebody the other day that did the same thing. She's she's like, I always take my birthday. I was like, no way. So I. So this this isn't just me, but um, typically on my birthday, my wife Jocelyn also behind the scenes always sets up like m- some of the most epic things I've ever done. Like one day we got in the car and I went up to the top of this waterfall and got a massage and stayed there for hours. And then we walked down to the bottom of the waterfall and drank champagne. It was like, what? I never saw that coming. But she always somehow seems to make that day even more special because I, I usually just reserve it for the things that I want to do. And then at the end of the day, it turns into something that she and I do, and then you know who else, whoever else she involves. So, but it's uh, always on my birthday. So, yeah, my cool. Birthday. What day is your birthday? April twenty second. Nice birthday, birthday. That's me. <laughs> That's right. Birthday, birthday. Yep. Uh, I knew this episode would be fun. That went by so fast. I love uh, that. Uh, <laughs> for sure. Thanks for doing the homework. Yeah. Thanks awesome. for sending it my way. <laughs> so before we sign off, a quick reminder to the listeners out there: schooling struggle at gmail.com and if you have any ideas for shows if you have people that you know that would be really great interviews anything any feedback you want to give us schooling struggle at gmail.com awesome with that said the 10 by 2 is officially in the books 10 by 2 would have been 20 minutes and we doubled that so it's called 10 by (laughs) 4 we appreciate your ears we thank you so very much for your time we are incredibly grateful for your attention We are the Schooling Struggle Podcast, and we are out. See ya.